everybody welcome to movie blast with bob and bax i'm bob and i'm bax and we're the movie blast man that's us so bax uh we watched a movie that we both picked uh it's called gremlins you're an 80s guy you're a gremlins guy i am for sure an 80s guy i am for sure a gremlins guy this is probably i think we talked about it it's probably around 10 watches maybe 11 since childhood it which is actually lower than i expected i expected you to be at like 20 watches for this for this movie it's it, it didn't get into yearly rotation for the christmas theme and so it's not something that i watch every year but i'll watch it we, wa- we watched it last year and we watch it this year so maybe it's a yearly tradition now hmm, i like that so facts uh you want to hit us with those facts i would love to bob Man, Gremlins was released in June, which, like, it takes place around Christmas. I don't know why I thought maybe it came out around Christmas, but it was released on June 8th in 1984. It was shot on a budget of $11 million, and at the box office, it pulled $153 million. And I feel like in our time, like, recording this podcast, that's a, like, that's turning a profit, you know? Like, I feel, I feel like that, that distance between like their budget and how they did the box office was super impressive to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the reason why, um, so I watched a little thing about gremlins and, uh, Joe Dante who directed it actually said the reason why it's not releasing around Christmas is that people in the summertime would like to go because it's so hot, be in a movie theater and watch something about Christmas. So that's why it released not around Christmas. Nice. I like that fun fact. Um, and like you just mentioned, it was directed by Joe Dante. Um, it was written by Chris Columbus. And did you know, you probably already know this, that Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo? I did know that. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was kind of a fun fact too. So a couple other facts about um, the creators of this film. So Joe Dante uh, directed this. He also directed Piranha, Twilight the Zone, the movie, uh, The Howling, the Explorers, Erie, Indiana. And uh, so most recently, he's actually directing episodes of Hawaii Five O, And then uh, Christopher Columbus, who wrote the script, uh, which Steven Spielberg actually bought the rights to, he also wrote The Goonies, Christmas with the Cranks, Gremlins 2. And they've actually announced Gremlins 3 now. And uh, But he's probably best known for directing Home Alone and Harry Potter. They both had super solid goes at it. Absolutely. I was sleeping see. on how solid Chris Columbus's career was. That's that's impressive. Oh yeah, no, he had a, he's done a lot. Um, and then we got to see Howie Mandel voice Gizmo, um, yeah. which is and uh, yeah, Corey Feldman shows up, and it's actually the, this year, uh, 1984 was the same year that Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter dropped, which Corey Feldman is also in. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was Corey Feldman's year. So Bax, do you have any other movie facts for us? The, those are the facts, man. Do you want to hit him with that spoiler alert? Mm, yeah, yeah. What emojis are we going to send him this week? Man, I, um, some Christmas tree emojis 
some present emojis, maybe like the tool combo emoji. Like I think it's like a wrench and a screwdriver because like there's an inventor that's a character in the film. And I'm sure if we went through kind of like the monster type emojis, we could find one for a gremlin. That's true. Yeah. Well, if you don't stop now and go watch gremlins, uh, which is not streaming anywhere. So you're going to have to go buy a copy. Um, you're going to find out that the mother in the movie is the best part. That's what you'll find out because she totally kills all these gremlins barehanded. I think our friend Noah said that she goes Thomas Jane, like Punisher on him. Absolutely. So gremlins begins with a failed inventor looking for a gift for his son in Chinatown. The shop owner doesn't want to sell, but his grandson does. The man brings this mogwai home and surprises his family with an early Christmas present. The rules are don't feed after midnight, no light or sunlight, and no water. The son, Billy, and his friend accidentally spill water on Gizmo, the mogwai, and balls of fur start to shoot out of the back, and mogwais grow out of the balls. The next day, they find that the dog had actually been strung up outside using Christmas lights. Billy blames this evil lady who threatened the dog earlier that day when he was at work, but they can't find any evidence. Billy brings Gizmo to his high school science teacher and to show him the water trick with Gizmo. The teacher ends up keeping the Mogwai to do some testing. The Mogwai trick Billy into feeding them after midnight, and he actually wakes up the next morning to see them inside these green pods. They hatch, and the teacher lets Billy know. He tries to feed a candy bar and capture the gremlin, and he ends up getting killed. Billy finds his body and calls his mom to let her know that they'd begun to hatch. And as he rushes home, his mother goes on an amazing rampage, killing the gremlins. She gets attacked by one uh, that's inside of the Christmas tree and Billy saves her. One of the gremlins actually gets away. He gets her to safety at a friend's house and he starts to go look for the final gremlin. Billy tracks this gremlin down and it makes a move to go and jump in a pool. He goes to the police and they've been drinking so they don't believe him about these gremlins and so the gremlins start attacking everybody in the town. They attack a neighbor by driving a bulldozer through the house. They attack a person by try that's trying to put a package in the mailbox. They launch the evil lady out of the second story window. They attack Santa and they take over the, the bar where Katie, Billy's friend, escapes using the flash of a Polaroid camera. Together, they fight back against the gremlins and end up blowing up the movie theater to try to kill them all. But one of them, Stripe, the leader, has escaped. Billy goes to kill him in the department store, and Billy has saw blades thrown at him. He gets shot with an arrow and attacked with a chainsaw. Gizmo comes driving up to save the day in a little car, finds a place on the window to open it up, and it kills Stripe. The grandfather arrives from Chinatown to pick Gizmo up. And he tells them they were not ready for the responsibility of owning a Mogwai. And that's Gremlins, Bax. Man, that's Gremlins. It's interesting. All right, Bax. So what didn't you like? Man, I could have used more of Gizmo just because Gizmo is super cute. Yeah, as the main character of the film, because Gizmo is the Mogwai that's purchased illegally in Chinatown by a failed inventor. Um, I would have liked to see him in it more as well. 
how many gizmo like plushes or figures do you have? Just the one. You just had the one? Yeah. We should probably get you more though. No, I think I'm good. All right. I'll get you one and send it to you on Amazon though. Okay. Fair enough. It'll uh, be there tomorrow. I already ordered it. Oh my God. Um, I do have a, uh, like a nightlight. So I think, I don't know if it was a set, but I have a nightlight of gizmo and I also have the plush toy of gizmo. Yes. Yes. And now you're going to have three. You're going to have that Funko vinyl pop. Oh man. I'm so excited. You pop guy now. Is that for real happening? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. When I was watching it, you sent me that snap of your boy and I was like, man, like Bob's got that one, but he needs this Funko pop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thanks, we- Max. We digress, though. No problem, man. I, another thing that I could have... I don't know if this is so much a like, thing I didn't like or thing I would have changed, but like the relationship between the Mogwai stage and the Gremlin stage. Like Maybe if that could have been more unpacked for me, I could have benefited from that. Does that kind of make sense? Because like, we know the rules, right? And it's like, hey, don't feed after midnight. Obviously, they get fed after midnight. They enter the Gremlin stage but kind of like the relationship between the two, because they're so different. Like yeah. one's so like cute and kind and loving and the other just <laughs> tears everything apart and actually like murders people. Well, I think even, but, but you could see that the, the other Mogwai were bad because they actually hung up uh, the dog outside using the lights. Like that That's was a good the point. Yeah. Like they, like those Mogwai were bad Mogwais to begin with. Yeah. Cause like that thing with the dog happened before, they were, they were in gremlins, yeah. So that so, was actually so Gizmo, like... So Gizmo's like the exception? Gizmo's like the good Mogwai, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and that's why he like he doesn't like want to eat before midnight. He's following all of his own rules. Yeah. I didn't like the, the stuff that they did to the dog throughout the movie. Because like when you're watching it, that dog's hung up by like those lights. Uh, they... Gizmo like drives past him in the car and like scares the dog. Like yeah. even just having a dog and ha- having like an irresponsible owner is like here have this like weird pet. It's called a Mogwai. Um, and 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 Billy already had a dog. Like Billy was fine. He did not need a Mogwai for sure. And they do like the Mogwai is a super. I can't think of the word. It's not like a normal pet, but people seem to react to it like pretty casually. You know. I, if I, if someone was like, Hey man, here's this thing that like sings and does all this stuff. I'd be like, is, is it a living Furby? Like, I wonder what years for what year the Furby came out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that goes into something else about what I think the origin of Mogwai is, but I'll save that for later. You had to ask for that. Okay. That was a diff- that's a different discussion point. Yeah. I think that I didn't like the gremlins. Uh, knowing so much about human life after they're hatched. Like they're sitting there playing poker, they're drinking, they're smoking. Like some of them are dressed up as like 1950s, like um, film noir guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they aren't human. They've just been born. They shouldn't have all this knowledge of what human life is like. They can wear a jacket and do like a flashing motion. Exactly. That whole bar scene where all that weird stuff is happening. And then there's the flash dance sequence. <laughs> and I'm just like, they haven't seen that movie. Like yeah. that reference doesn't make sense in this like world. Or like early like, using, using a chainsaw. Right. And how I mean, about that bat surviving the chainsaw attack for a good minute? 
If if you gave me a chainsaw and you would let Max use this, I'm I probably couldn't figure it out, honestly. But like yeah. Gremlins, they got it, no problem. I think, yeah, because even starting that chainsaw with those tiny arms. Like, yeah, man. You have to like set it on the ground. You have to step on it. Then you have to pull it and you have to use the choke. Like there, it's a complex process. Unless you're Leatherface, because then it's just automatic every time. Starts right away. Yeah, so that's what I didn't like. And I think like if they would have let one go, it would have set up for a better sequel just to have one gremlin like out on the loose tearing stuff up in a different town. I think that would have been a better sequel. So I think the ending could have been changed to that. Have you seen the sequel? Yes. How is it? Oh, 10 out of 10. Oh, like it's the sequel solid too? No. Oh. (laughs) It's like, it's a C. Like it's not... It's it definitely it still has the camp factor and stuff. It 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 went zanier, I will say. Okay. So like if you it, the whole movie would be like the bar sequence. Okay. Kind of like how the Leprechaun movies get more and more insane as they go on. Like that's like how he ends of, up in the hood and then he's back in the hood and then he's in space. Yeah, exactly. So that's basically if you just take Gremlins and and do it do it that way. Billy is like working at like in a corporate environment like chicago or something like it's it's definitely it's not as good as the the thing that i could have made in my own brain so chris columbus if you need help i have ideas now i'm distracted because i'm thinking about one of the leprechauns hanging out in the hood but that's a different conversation for a different day who would win in a fight a leprechaun or a gremlin (sighs) (sighs) follow up later okay uh i can't get that one on the fly uh, it's it's definitely the leprechaun because he has magic. Okay. Durr. Warwick Davis? Warwick Davis. Okay. Uh, so, what do we like? Man, did we already talk about how Gizmo was cute we like Gizmo? Yeah, man, you totally talked about how you like Gizmo and you know, I think he's cute. Did we talk about how cool, like just how much of a savage Billy's mom is in the kitchen when she's taking those gremlins out? That's my favorite part, so... Uh, the mom in the, in the movie is my favorite part because usually moms are depicted as uh, weak characters and need saving, much like a lot of female characters do. Um, and I really like that the mom is depicted as a strong character and that she defends herself. So the mom uh, is able to kill three of them, one using like a big blender, what, she knifes another one, and then puts one in the microwave and it explodes. The, like, the microwave scene was... I feel like when you start watching this film, you don't expect to see a gremlin get shoved in a microwave and explode. No, not at all. And like, like it takes it up a slight notch. Yeah. I think like my mom would be able to hold her own against gremlins. I think she'd just be out there choking gremlins. Just be like, Nope, not today. My mom totally would too. Like we can't swear on this cast, but like my mom would be playing that, that ish. My mom wouldn't be dealing with it. Yeah. I'd be super into it. Just going around the rolling pin, just smacking gremlins in the head. So I also really liked uh, the neighbor um, because he hates everything foreign. And I think if it was made today, he would be like a Trump supporter or like a very just like right wing like guy. Uh, The final. So, you know, the final shot of the film where it looks like kind of like a like a Christmas card. Yes, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite shots in all, all of cinema. I just love okay. it. Like when the grandfather has come back and he's got the mogwai and he's walking away down the thing. Yeah, just just that over over the like uh, over the distance you see him walking through the street. 
Yeah, it's just an amazing picture. Let's talk about the Christmas time backdrop because I feel like that's a positive for me. I think it just adds character. I don't character, tone, atmosphere. It makes it more memorable. I don't know what it is about the fact that this takes place around Christmas. I feel like if it didn't, though, I wouldn't remember Gremlins as much. Like, I feel like it helps define the film and set it apart somehow. Yeah, I think like setting movies around a holiday or having it be around like a wedding, a funeral, Christmas, um, having it around those events is a universal feeling. So you know what Christmas is like and you have that. And, and it's nice to kind of see what somebody else's Christmas is like and or any holiday. Um, so, I, so I think a lot of films revolve around that specific time period because, you know, it's like, oh, this is December 24th. I know tomorrow's Christmas. Um, but yeah, I really liked um, actually the way that the gremlins and Mogwai looked. I think that was another thing that I really enjoyed. Um, I think the special effects in this movie are phenomenal. Especially like what about when Stripe at the end when like the daylight is hitting Stripe and he starts to melt and stuff. Yeah, that was super cool. And then he That's pops cool. out of it as a skeleton. Yeah. Like they really thought about it. Um, I think the score is really interesting. Like the score is definitely something where I was listening to it and I was like, they wrote all of this music um, and it just kind of has its own very unique sound. So it's kind of like weirdly spooky Christmas, like not everything just kind of sounds like itself. Gremlins sounds like Gremlins. There's not another movie that sounds like it. I think Gremlins sounds like Gremlins is a really good way to put it. Yeah. And even early on in the film when like kind of like the villainous lady is walking to the bank, even the shift in the music there. Like, it's like, this is the kind of music that we're going to play when there's a bad character on the screen, you know? Yeah. It's almost like kind of, like, almost like hamming it up a little bit, but, like, it's Gremlins being Gremlins, so it's okay. Yeah, it's, the, the, the movie is scored. Like, it's, it's done by, like, mus- musicians. Like, it's, it's pretty good. So, like, yeah. upon, upon your next viewing, go ahead and, and take a listen, because I think that's important. Man, should we look at what the internet thinks of this? Yeah, let me know. The internet's into it, man. Like Rotten Tomatoes, 84% of the critics at Rotten Tomatoes give it a positive review. I thought it was interesting on Rotten Tomatoes because some of the reviewers were talking about how it's like they thought that it was speaking into like consumerism. Like it had like a message, more of a message than I thought. But I thought that was interesting. I digress. Um, 78% of the general audience at Rotten Tomatoes give it a positive review. And if you go over to IMDb, it's rocking a 7.2. So across the board, people seem to like Gremlins. It's interesting to me how Gremlins has stood the test of time. I feel like if you talk to people that aren't necessarily movie people and you mention Gremlins, like they would know about Gremlins, you know? For sure. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think uh, Gremlins is a good flick. I think that uh, I liked all the Easter eggs that were put in it. There's an ET in the department store that I saw. There's the guy who's doing the radio, um, and that I it's an Indiana Jones reference. And I think those are the two definitely Spielberg callouts. But I liked I liked that they referenced the outside world and film and stuff. For sure. So Bax, you're forced to give this movie a grade. What do you grade it? I'll give it a B minus. Um, kind of like I was going into earlier. Um, it's to the test of time. Like you talk to people that aren't necessarily movie people. I feel like they're going to know about Gremlins as a flick. And I feel like that's to be commended. You know, I think that's impressive for something to drop back in the eighties and like, it's got character. It's got tone. It's got atmosphere with the Christmas 
the Christmas setting. Um, like you mentioned, the practical effects, the actual like way the Magua and the Gremlins look. And uh, just Gizmo by himself is like a cute enough character, you know? I feel like Gizmo probably gets remembered. Maybe he's a b- big reason that Gremlins as a film is remembered. So, yeah, I give it a, a B minus. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, young me would have been like, this movie's an A. But now I'm going to say it's a solid B. Uh, there are a couple of the things that I don't like that kind of just take me out of the movie. A lot of that is having the Gremlins be human and having human characteristics. I would have rather just have them be monsters. Just monster it up. Just bite people's faces. That That's 2018, Bob, though. So uh, definitely a B. Um, in the end, is it a Christmas movie? Sort of. Um, it it's falls into the same category as um, Krampus to me, where I think like it's probably one of the better horror Christmas movies. Um, and there are some terrible ones uh, that I've watched. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say of the spooky Christmas movies, this is an A. So if you're looking for a spooky Christmas movie, go watch this. Hmm. Uh, do you want to know where I think Mogwai come from? Yes. Tell me about where you think Mogwai come from and where you think Gremlins come from. Okay, so I believe that Mogwai are actually from space. So if we look at Star Trek, the trouble with Tribbles, those little hairy balls, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not a Star Trek guy, so I don't, but you should keep talking because I'm sure some of our listeners are Star Trek people and they're probably really excited right now. All right, so in Star Trek, there's the Trouble with Tribbles episode, and they are these uh, balls of fur that grow because of the Tribble eating. Uh, And so I feel that that's where these came from. So in the the universe of Star Trek, they they fell to Earth, and that's where the first Mogwai came from. The guy in Chinatown found one, put it in a cage. That's where it is. It's a space alien. And that's why it turns green when you feed it and break the rules. Man, there we go. That's it. I like that fan theory. So, Was that um, like OG Star Trek, like original Star Trek series with Shatner? Yes, that is uh, season two, like episode 18 or something okay. like that. Like what year do we think that was? Uh, I think it dropped in 60. Eight, so that would be probably seventy. Okay, because I think I think Star Trek started in nineteen sixty-seven, so it might be nineteen sixty-nine. I'm not sure. I like that you're flexing your Star Trek knowledge a little bit. It's really just because I I've been on the internet recently and I was looking at that stuff. <laughs> so, so you're not that much of a Star Trek guy. You're a Star be, Trek guy though. Don't be fooled. Star Wars forever. But but you know your stuff. Uh, yeah, I know a little bit about everything. You do. So if you're looking for other podcasts, go over to GameZillaMedia.com. You'll find GameZilla, which is current gaming, Legend of Retro, which is old school gaming, Noobs and Dragon, which is Dungeons and Dragons, and then you got Last Action Podcast, which is action movies. Man, Max, they got it all. If, you, if people want to talk to us, what do they do? Man, if people want to talk to us, actually, if people are even listening... Thank you for listening. We want to say thank you. And if you want to engage with us, you can do it in two main ways. So the first way is if you go to Instagram, you go to the gram, you can find us at movie blast podcast. That's us. If you leave us a comment or pod your comment, we'll like it. 
if you shoot us a DM, we will respond to your DM. We'd love to engage with you there. And Bob was talking about GameZilla Media, great people. And they also have a Discord channel. Um, so all those podcasts that Bob was talking about, all the people that listen to those are hanging out in the Discord. Any nerdy interest you have, you can find people in the GameZilla Media Discord that would like to talk to you about it. So you should definitely check it out. Go go go! Drink hot cocoa and eat cookies. Like we're in December now. Like this is going to be a December episode. So yeah, ho- hopefully people are enjoying the wherever you are, the snow, the cookies, the hot beverages, whatever you're into. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Get festive. Wear Christmas sweaters. Well, see you. Thanks for listening, guys. Movie blast! Movie blast! Movie blast! With Bob and Bax.